Let's pray. Father, thank you again for everything you're doing and the people of the hope, Lord, through those who are visiting with us today. We just ask right now that you would just minister to every need in this body. And Lord, not just minister, but also show us where to minister. Yes, Lord, we are here. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. And Lord, today, help us to see that and to understand where our ministry is, where our harvest field is, Lord. We love you, and I just ask that you would bless this message, this word. Uh, as I share scripture, Lord, just let it go deep within our spirit. And Lord, help us to get the victory over everything that comes against us. We love you, and we commit this time, this short time, Lord, into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. So, today's message is called Tearing Down Strongholds. Tearing Down Strongholds. I almost couldn't say it. So, I put under there, this sermon is by Jack Williams. I don't know where this came from, but I found it in my, uh, I have an inbox, I have where I put files and stuff. And I don't remember him giving this to me. But when I went through it, because I have to feed myself. You know, I mean, you guys get fed usually on Sunday. Hopefully you go elsewhere too. You don't just rely on the message Sunday morning. But hopefully the, the message is Sunday challenge you. And so as I was looking through this, I went, man, this is good. And, and I felt that little nudge from the Holy Spirit just saying, yeah, that's it. So I jumped on it. A little bit of it's mine. A lot of it's Jack's. Jack Williams was a pastor of uh, the church in Lucerne called Beaver Lake. And course assembly and uh, Jack was a friend uh, he was Mary and uh, Roger's pastor and their kids for years Roger used to serve on his board and uh, just a, a wonderful man and, and so down to earth that's what I loved about everybody loved Jack because he was so down to earth and uh, when I saw this I thought you know what? this is kind of a little bit of a memorial for him uh, 2008 was when he preached this to whoever he preached it to. That was the date on it. So I just want to share this with you today. And I'm going to start out with uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Some of most of the scriptures I'm going to put up, and I'm doing it a little different this week. I usually use the NLT, but there are some parts today that I'm going to use the New King James because Jack preached from either the New King James or the King James. So there we go. You with me? All right, 2 Corinthians. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not, what? War, War according to the flesh. And you know what? If we got this in our spirit, we would be set free. There wouldn't be any difficulties in the body of Christ if we figured this one out. Because often, here's what happens. We look at our neighbor as the enemy. And they're not. The enemy usually is ourselves. We're the ones that haven't figured out how to do battle with whatever it is we're facing. And I believe today's message will help you to be set free if you give it the opportunity. Verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, fleshly, but mighty in God for pulling down the strongholds. And 
I've got a little note here that just said, one man said, we use the weapons that are powerful in achieving God's purpose. God has specific weapons for us to use that are powerful, and they will help us to win the battles that we're in here on earth. How many in this room today, you're in a battle? Come on, be honest. I I can't believe every... I think there's a bunch of lazy people here today, because every one of you should have raised your hand. Well, think about that just for a minute. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself. What does God think about high things? Thank you. That's known as an idol. And I'm going to get into that a little more in a minute. So he wants every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And again, obedience is key here. When we do what God says to do, we're in the right place. When we don't do what God says to do, we're in the wrong place. And being ready, verse 6, to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Meaning that once you get there, don't go back. Hello? I think one of the Proverbs says, puts it like this. Don't go back like a dog goes back to its vomit. Don't do that. I mean, that's gross, right? My dog, may he rest in peace. We, we actually put him down a couple weeks ago, but a week ago. But my buddy, and he would go out. I'm going to gross you out now. He didn't eat poop. When it was fresh. He lived in northern Michigan. He ate poop sickles. I would see this dog and he would go out and he would dig up a poop sickle a couple weeks after it was there. And then he'd come in and and, and, and wanna Rudy, I miss that boy. That had nothing to do with the message. What is a stronghold? Cambridge Dictionary says it's a place that is well defended or is a center for a particular belief or activity. Some say it's a fort, a fortified place, or a place of security. Our enemy, our enemies, he has many fortified places. And it's our job as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ to identify those places so that we can what? Tear them down. down. That's right. We need to know where they are and then we need to use the weapons God has given us to tear those strongholds down. That's what today's message is all about. I'm going to look at uh, some strongholds in a Christian's life. Do you have strongholds in your life? What are strongholds? What can a stronghold be? How about patterns of the past? You know what I'm saying? I've shared this before. When I was young, I was a compulsive liar. It was easier for me to tell a lie than it was the truth, even though the truth was right there in front of me. And I still chose to tell lies. Mom, if you're listening, I'm sorry. But it's truth. And it wasn't until... 
I met Jesus, that all of that changed. The blood of Jesus was applied to my sinful past, and no longer were those patterns controlling. Those patterns, those strongholds were torn down in the name and in the power of God. Amen? Abusive relationships. I'm all, I, I marvel at this. How many people find themselves in an abusive situation and, and then they go back later thinking that it's going to be different next time. And it never is. You know, sometimes I think we just like to be in pain. But this is a, a stronghold that can be in our lives. Brother John, you said it, idolatry, idols, all right? One of the scriptures is Exodus 23, one of the commands, you must not have any other God but me. Well, I don't have any other gods. Okay, you might not name him Buddha or something else, but you can have gods in your life. And listen, sometimes they're so subtle that you don't even realize they're there. And this is where all of us need to do an inventory and just ensure that we don't have idols in our lives that take priority over God Himself. Are you, are you still tuning in? Another one, satanic influences. And I'm, I'm sharing this scripture, I believe it's in context, the Apostle Paul said to the Ephesians, he said, don't sin by letting anger control you. How many can say amen? amen. How many have been there? Yes. And you did sin. I admit it. Been there, done that, bought that t-shirt, right? Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. And this is something that Pastor Barb and I learned early on. Now, not early enough, though, because we didn't know Jesus. I didn't know Jesus or wasn't introduced to him until I was 23, so for that first almost five years of our marriage, we didn't practice this. What did it lead to? All kinds of... Have you ever heard cats fight in the middle of the night? So last night, again, I'm not trying to bring in a whole bunch of fluff. We're laying in bed, we're both asleep, we went to bed early last night, and at about 11.30, 11.40, Two foxes let loose behind our house. Have you ever heard that hideous? Wow! <laughs> We're both, like, you come right out of the bed. You know, and it's like, okay, so much for sleeping tonight. And they went on for probably 10, 15 minutes. That's what our house sounded like prior to Jesus. <laughs> Intense fellowship. And I don't, I don't wish that for anybody because marriage is supposed to be a beautiful thing, and it is in the right context. So practice this. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives, everybody say that last verse, verse 27. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Now, Paul was actually quoting from Psalm 4.4, and I only brought this in because it shows a little bit more to it. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and that's the hard part. Because you, you want to let them know how you feel. And if they 
done you wrong, you want to make sure you do them wrong. But if we practice this, and listen, if you get up in the morning and, and you're still feeling like that, then okay, you got to address it. But I believe most of the things that we fight over, they're not all that important. We might make them important, but they're not. And I think if we could just wrestle with this a little bit and not give the devil a stronghold or a foothold in the door, we would be so much better off. What's it take to muzzle your mouth? I don't know. That's something you got to work on. But I can tell you this. How long has it been since you and I have, have had a fight? I mean, I'm looking at my wife. It's been a long time. Years, if not decades, right? We just don't do it anymore. It's not worth it. I've got better things to do than fight. I'd rather love my wife than fight with her. Hallelujah. That's good wisdom, isn't it? And here's, here's the next part of this. Shut the door. Keep out the devil. Hello? Everybody say that. Isn't there a song? And I don't know it, so don't ask me. All right, who's singing that back there? I want them to come on up. Oh, Jan. <laughs> no, you don't have to. Maybe at the end. <laughs> All right. So, the reason that I brought that passage up is the devil has many strongholds that he uses to get a foothold in our, our life, in our marriage, between our son, our daughter, and ourselves, between a coworker and ourselves, a stu fellow student, whatever. He's very clever. And we have to know what those strongholds are in order to fight back. So, and I use the word meditation in a, a godly context. You know, meditation is good when it's done in the right context. And the Lord wants you to think about, that's what it means, think about, digest, analyze, look over your life. Take a pause. Because we're all so busy. You know, we, some of us, we run through. Have you ever driven down the road and you've gone like eight miles and all of a sudden you realize, I don't remember the last eight miles. I just did that the other day. It was kind of scary. I was going to do a ride along with the state troopers and I'm like, thankfully it was on a road that was straight. But yeah, anyhow, I, you know what Friday is for me? I know it's Friday. I get my diploma. <laughs> so, and I'm not, making, I'm not making excuses today, but I might be <laughs> a little bit rattled. Because, ah, finally, this thing's done. I can't wait. Ah, no more, no more. So look for the strongholds within. Think about your life. Look to see if you have a problem. This is going to be tricky. And, and listen to me. Pick somebody that you trust, but ask somebody else. Do you think I have any strongholds? If you give somebody permission, don't get mad at them if they tell you something. 
Practice, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Identify the stronghold. Make a decision to come against it. Nothing's going to happen unless you go after it, right? If anything's going to change, it's going to take you doing something on your end to make it change. That's every single one of us in this room and those watching online. And then we want to use God's weapons, not willpower, not human effort, because those don't work. We pull those strongholds down and we... We get this part. We don't stop until that thing is terminated. Whatever it is. How many movies have you watched where the hero is fighting the villain and they knock the villain down and then they turn their back on him and start walking away? And what happens every time? The villain gets back up. And I'm just sitting there going, Stop him until he doesn't move. We're talking spiritually speaking here. <laughs> you need to make sure that stronghold is done before you turn your back on it. Dead and buried, Pastor Rogers said. Can I get a good amen? Do an inventory. What are, what are some things that we could deal with? They might be worldly, fleshly, or strictly from the devil, whichever. How about fear? Anybody fear anything? Man, every time I get up in the morning and I, I think about my 40, my, my retirement thing. <sighs> God, you got this. <laughs> I... Like uh, Brother Greg said, you just got to resign and, and get that peace from God, right? But there are other things we might fear. What is that for you? How about pride? Man, how many people don't accept help because they're too prideful? And you know what? As a church, we need to... This one needs to go down. We need each other. We can't do this on our own. Jesus worked with 12 men. He didn't go through his ministry career all by himself. He relied on his brothers and sisters. They just weren't all part of that 12. Anger and rage. We talked about that a little bit. I used to be one. I say, I'm so thankful I can say that. I used to be one. That stronghold is put down. And, I'm not saying I don't ever get angry, but usually if I do now, it's a righteous anger. Hatred? We don't see any of that around, do we? Self-pity. Sexual immorality. Eyes full of adultery. Self-centeredness. It's all about me. Unforgiveness. That's a big one. You know, it's probably one of the sins that will keep you from God's very best. Not that all these won't, but I'm just saying unforgiveness is something that, you know, God's forgiven you of everything you, every act that was against Him, every sinful act, it's under the blood. And then we think we have the right 
to hang on to unforgiveness toward others. Do what he did. Forgive. Lying or slander. I talked about that. But slander. What is slander? Think of it as acidic. If I, if I had a, a cup of acid and I came up to Dave and I... And it would last for a long time, wouldn't it? Until you were able to get it out of your skin. That's what our, our slander does. It's acidic. It eats away at people, at lives, at souls, at spirits. Listen to me. The church should not slander anyone. We need to be so careful with what comes out of this mouth. So careful. Don't, don't be a liar. Don't slander others. And you know what? Usually when people slander, it's because they're trying to make themselves feel better. Sorcery. This is a big one. We don't talk enough about it in the church, and, and I'm just highlighting some things. It can be divination, witchcraft, consulting mediums or psychics, astrology, tarot cards, casting spells, Ouija boards. You know, anything where you invite the devil to show you what to do next. What is that? It's opening a door to the devil. And trust me, he uses this a lot with our young people. And I have talked to people who later on had to deal with some major exorcisms. And they said it started with something stupid and simple like a Ouija board. Don't let the devil in like that. You want to go after spiritual things? Go after God with a vengeance. Hallelujah! Gluttony, bondage, it, and gluttony would fit under this bondage, eating too much. It can be uh, drugs, it can be alcohol, it can be pornography. These are all strongholds. Things that we have to fight against. Because if we don't, it's going to destroy us. Can I get a good amen? So, admit there's a problem. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. James 5.16 Now listen to me. Make sure whoever you share your goods with, you trust them. Because not everybody is made the same. All right, so know that you've got a good, a, the righteous person is the one you're looking for. <laughs> All right, next, serve the Lord and fight against the strongholds. Back in Joshua, Joshua was having some issues with his people because they were trying to serve two masters. Know this, you cannot serve two gods. It's impossible. One is going to take precedent over the other. You're going to give more power to one than you do the other. It's just the way it is. You can't do it equally. And that's what he's saying here. If you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? 
Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as, my, my highlight, but as for me and my family, would you say that with me? One more time, that last line underlined. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Let that be one of your proclamations today. Next, use God's weapons. I've got a whole list here. And by the way, you can find all of these on our, under our live stream heading on our website, gillardchurch.com. So if you miss any of these, you can go back and, and pick up on them. I'm not going to read all those. Everybody say, <laughs> All right. But they, they just give a little bit of uh, credence or credit to what I'm saying. The name of Jesus. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. And then he gave us our great commission, go and tell people about me. The Word of God. How many break that open every now and then? You know, one of the things, I get a new Bible, and one of the things that drives me crazy is when there's two pages stuck together, because that means I haven't been there yet. Bust open the Word. Listen to it on your phone if you're in your car. Let that thing play. I'm telling you what, God's Word does something to our spirit. It builds us up. Right? The blood of Jesus. Where would we be without it? Isaiah 53, 5 is a great example of this. Hebrews 9, 12 through 15, another. And then finally, the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to get into this uh, soon. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and what that means. The, the power that God gives you and me to do battle because it's one thing to identify your strongholds and begin to tear them down, but it's another to know that He is with you. He has filled you with His Spirit and all the heaven's angels are with you. And, and Greg, thanks for sharing that about the angels because you don't realize how much God loves you. And often, you have angels walking right with you and you don't even know it. That's what's so cool about angels. But every now now and then again, God gives us just a little bit of a vision or, or just a feeling like, I'm not alone. That's how much He loves you. Hallelujah. These are God's four essential weapons. Everybody say, God's four essential weapons. Would you name them with me one more time? The name of Jesus, the Word of God, the blood of Jesus, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. All right, you can take those to the bank. Use God's weapons to pull down your strongholds. When you've had enough, when you realize, I can't do this anymore, and often that's where we have to get, right? Before we will make any changes, we've got to get to a place where we've said, I'm not doing this anymore. It isn't worth it. You really want to pull those strongholds down. So then you pray, you make strategy, and then you, you have to be consistent with whatever you've planned to do. You pray, you make strategy, and then you are consistent with that plan. Know this. Your mouth can bring victory or defeat. Jesus said this, the words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. 
Have you ever found yourself beating yourself up? What does that do for you? Have you ever found yourself beating someone else up? Son, a daughter. Have you ever been called a low life, no good, something or other? Something or other? I, I almost went somewhere else. Our words make or break us. Words heal us or make us sick. So choose your words wisely. Proverbs 18.21 Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. That's on either side. If you bring life, then you're going to be filled with life. If you bring death, then you're going to be filled with death. How do people know you? Be careful how you speak over your life and others. Remember that you're a child of God filled with His Holy Spirit. And God wants you to breathe life, not death, into yourself and into the lives of other people. Take down the strongholds by force. You know, some days we just need to go forward in triumphant force. And that's with God's help, of course. He will ensure His kingdom comes, His will is done. He wants to use us. He wants to partnership with us. Spiritually speaking, there are times that we need to be peaceful, but there are also times we need to be aggressive. Jesus illustrates this in Mark 3.27. He said, let me illustrate this further. Who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man like Satan? And plunder his goods. So here he's, he's calling him out. He's talking about Satan. The strongholds that Satan sets up against God's people. Only someone even stronger. Say even stronger. even stronger. Only someone even stronger. Someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. Who is that? Jesus. Hallelujah. We win. Or at least we should. We win. You guys have heard me say this a lot lately. Jesus said to Peter, on this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. We win. Thanks to Jesus. Amen? Now, this is the part, I, I like this part. And, and I hope it it doesn't reflect poorly on me. Jack said, have the will to war. And then he had this quote. <laughs> it is not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. I want you to say that with me. This is important. It is not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. Now this quote, after I read it, and this wasn't in Jack's notes, but I immediately thought of who? No. What, a Bible hero. Uh, David, thank uh, How would you know that, David? <laughs> and? 
How would you know that? David? <laughs> David and Goliath. 1 Samuel 17. His name was Goliath. Everybody say Goliath. Goliath. He was the Philistines' champion. Champion! He was over nine feet tall. How tall are you? Six four. Joe, how tall are you? Six four. All right, I couldn't tell from the back because you're nine foot, almost three foot taller than these two guys. That's a little bit bigger, isn't it? Even you might be a little intimidated. I don't know, maybe not, but maybe. I know I would be, all right? I just admit my weakness. He wore a bronze helmet, and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. Some of you ladies, that's what you weigh. Some of you ladies, that's what you wish you weigh. Uh, no, I, did I say that out loud? I need to hey. When, you, when you're pointing fingers, there's still three pointing back at you. That's me. The destructive force of this giant and his weaponry would have been unparalleled in the 10th century B.C. This dude was a formidable weapon. All right? And he was their champion. Armies feared Goliath. Listen to me. Your enemies, my enemies, are good at promoting fear in the camp. Making it appear that there is no hope for us. We cannot win. The Apostle Paul said to the church in Rome, Romans 8.37, No! Oops, I should have had that up. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. You and I, we are more than conquerors. It doesn't matter how big the stronghold is. We have a God that will defend us. Besides fear, the giant used another tactic that he still uses today. It's called the taunt. Hmm. Uh-huh, there you go. Webster's Dictionary says a taunt is to reproach or challenge in a mocking or insulting manner. To jeer at. You low life. You're no taller than the flea on a dog's belly. I, I'm, just, I'm just playing, all right, Dave? Hypothetically speaking. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Thanks for going along with me. Oh, where was I? Sorry. Goliath stood and he shouted those taunts across the valley. Saul's army, his servants were with him, and they were all in fear. They trembled from this giant's voice. I'm sure he used the echo that ran across that valley. I'm going to kill you, kill you, kill you. <laughs> Think about it. He said this in verse 8. This is the... the with his thundering voice, the Philistine champion said, Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I'm the Philistine champion, but you are the only, are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. 
But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. Now listen. If it were a nine-foot-tall giant wearing armor that weighed as much as you, you'd probably be a little bit intimidated. The taunt worked. Verse 11 says, When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. The enemy had not even stepped on the battlefield yet. And they had already been defeated. Listen. Listen. <laughs> Christian, follower of Jesus Christ, know that the enemy still uses this tactic, this taunting today to convince you that you can't even get in the fight. By the way, Goliath's biggest mistake, he thought he was fighting Saul and his men, not the God of Saul. He discounted that fact. Hear this. When you pick on God's people, you pick on God himself. This taunting went on for 40 days before the Lord found a young man named David. Everybody say David. David. Who had the courage to step into the ring and to fight back. He was a nobody other than God had identified him. He was a nobody, a sheep herder. The son of Jesse, the last son of the bunch, perhaps the smallest. He had no reputation other than he killed the bear and the lion with his bare hands. That's a pretty good feat. The cool thing, that's what God was looking for. Today, that's what God is looking for. God looks for those who are courageous and will stand for the kingdom and not shrink back in fear. I want you to remember Jack's little quote. It's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. And that just leads to this, this next quote. It does not matter how big the enemy is, our God is bigger and better. So when you're facing off with your giants, with your strongholds, whatever they are, whatever they may look like, realize you're not in this by yourself. God is with you. He's got your back. It doesn't matter what you're facing. If you don't give up, you're going to win. And this scrapping young sheep herder, who some say was probably no more than the 125 pounds, had the guts to challenge the giant in the name of the Lord. And the other Israelites, including David's older brothers, told David that he was crazy and that he needed to go back home and take care of the sheep. That was his job. And that leads me to another point. When you stand up to these strongholds, sometimes your very own family, your very own brothers and sisters will tell you, you're crazy! Don't get in this fight. You're going to lose. But if God is for you, who can be against you? Hallelujah. Don't listen to the naysayers. Keep the faith and trust that God, His corner, has 
this. David had the power of God Almighty in his corner. And I'm, I'm kind of using a little bit of a, I'm intermixing a boxing metaphor because I just watched that the other night. He's stepping into the ring. Dun, 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 dun. They're going to turn off my Facebook page because I'm using a copyrighted song. But anyhow, I think, I think we can hum it, though. With five smooth, smooth stones and a sling, David, this teenager, advanced toward the battlefield. Again, more taunts. The giant shouting at the top of his lungs, You little speck! I'm going to slaughter you. And, and here's David's response. First Kings, or I'm sorry, First Samuel 17.45. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear. And I can almost hear it. You come to me. <laughs> Maybe a little squeak in there. Guys, if you, 14, 15 years old, when you're, you're trying to sound manly, whoops. <laughs> You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in what? The name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. He's putting him in his place. He's announcing the authority that God's given him, and he knows it. David knows it. This, this demon, this, this man, this giant is nothing to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> the giant came in the flesh, and he was planning to use earthly weapons. But David, he had God, and God had given him his weapons. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. I can just imagine what this giant's thinking. What? This little pipsqueak? And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. How many can say that last sentence? This is the Lord's battle, and He will give you to us. That's truth. What happened next? David reeled back with that little sling. And listen, don't think that it was David's skill that took out this giant. The dude had armor on. He had a helmet on his head. He had to, to hit that sweet spot in order for anything to happen, let alone what happened. It was the death kill. It was the death shot. And I believe with all my heart that one of those angels took that stone and made sure it landed dead center where it needed to go. Dead silence. Amen. David went into battle knowing that it was God's fight, not his. 
The giant made the mistake of thinking he was fighting a mere boy, not the God of the boy. And then, <laughs> David cut the head off, just like he said he was going to do. Why would he do that? Because he wanted to make sure that stronghold was done. That when he turned his back, he wasn't going to stand back up again. Like we see so many times in the movies. As I begin to close. And I take a sip of water while I begin to close. And it allows Tammy time to get up here. Think of the giant as one of your strongholds. The stronghold appears to be too big to defeat. It taunts you daily, maybe even hourly, maybe even minute by minute by minute. But God says, do not fear the enemy. God wants you to take a stand against that stronghold using his weapons. The name of Jesus, the word of God, the blood of the Lamb, and the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants you to be committed to defeating that enemy. No longer allowing it to control you, but now you take the upper hand. You take control over it. Pastor Jack had one last scripture that I wanted to share before I get to the very end of this. 1 John 2, 15 through 17, in the NLT. Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but they're from the world. See, that's, these are things that the world tries to convince you you, you need, you, you, you must have. They're strongholds. And this world is phase, fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. That's that obedience thing that we started out with. Would you stand with me? Father, again, this is your, this is your event. We're here today to honor you. This pastor, Lord, and, and all the people that are within hearing of my voice. Lord, if there are strongholds in our lives that we need to deal with, things that have taken ownership of us, that control us, things that prevent us from your very best, Lord, it's our prayer today that you will help us to see them and as we analyze our lives, to meditate on them and, and to come up with a plan, Lord, a strategy to defeat the enemy, 
Just like David, he went out and collected five stones. I'm not sure he knew what he was going to do with them, but he was faithful in that. And then you gave it the boost it needed, and it struck dead center, and it took out his enemy quickly. Lord, help us to see that this isn't our fight, it's yours. We represent you. Yes, we have to do our small part. But Lord, most of it rests on you. And it's when we trust you, it's when we put our faith in you, it's when we say, God, I can't do this, but I know you can. That's when we get the victory over these things. With that said, if you're here today and you've got strongholds in your life, maybe one, maybe several, I just want you to know that if you will put God in His right place in your life, you can get the victory. It's time to declare war against these strongholds. Your weapons are not carnal, but mighty for pulling down the strongholds that control you. How many can say amen? So if you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, that's me. I want the strongholds out of my life. I want to come against them. I want to do what I have to do. And with the Lord's help, conquer them in the name of Jesus. If that's you, just lift your hand up so I can see it. Many hands going up all over the room. Thank you. Thanks for your honesty. Hopefully you've got one of these, this very last slide. And, and by the way, would you put up the last slide? If you're at home, obviously you didn't get one of these, so take a picture of this on your screen. Um, or you can write it down, and, and you can always go back and find this uh, under our live stream services. But I want you to really pray about this and then ask the Lord to help you with this. So. Here's what this says. You can see it, but I want to read it out loud. If you didn't get one, just raise your hand. We, we had some more, I think, left over. Raise them up high. And you can see it behind me while they're passing those out yet. This is a declaration of war against strongholds, okay? It's not the piece of paper. Understand this. This is, this is a confession of faith. This is you saying, like David, you know what? This giant is not going to defeat us. And I, with God's help, I'm going to stand against him, and this stronghold is coming down in the name of God, in the name of my God, Jesus Christ. Today, May 1st, 2022, I declare war against the strongholds in my life. I am aware that they may be there. I will identify them, and with God's help and the weapons he has given me, I will pull them down and destroy them. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. And then sign this thing. Is that all you do then? This is just the start. Then the work comes. The battle begins. You step onto the field like David did, and you begin to defeat your enemy, whatever that is. Now listen, I know there are some in this room and, and you, just, you struggle with dependency, and I get that. Keep doing the things you're doing with the help that people are giving you. You need all the resources you can get. But here's what I would say. 
along with that, you got to have God in your corner. You cannot defeat this thing without the power of heaven behind you. So if you really want to make it through to the other side, lean on God, tell Him you need Him, and then begin to fight. How does this sound? Oh, you don't sound convinced at all. <laughs> How many think you can defeat the strongholds? Remember, there's power in your tongue. Speak life over yourself. I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say that with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not you. It's Him. He wants you to have the victory. Whether it's lying, whether it's slander, whether it's gossiping about people, whether it's drinking too much, whatever it is. One last thing and then I'll close. Father, again, you know every person in this room. To be one of God's children, you must have Jesus. You need to make Him your Lord and your Savior. David served God. David knew that God was his source. And you need to do the same. And in the New Testament, we're told that you must be born again. You, you must accept what Jesus Christ did for you on that cross at Calvary. He took all the sins of men upon Himself so that we wouldn't have to. He became the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He died for us so that we wouldn't have to die in our sin. And then He offered us life. And life in abundance. And then He even said, and eternal life. So not just life on this side of heaven, but life on the other side of heaven. Forever. Just by putting your faith and trust in what He did for you on the cross. And it begins with Jesus. Say this with me. Jesus, forgive me. For I have sinned against you and others. And I ask today that you would cleanse me of all my unrighteousness and make me a new person. Lord, I call you Lord. I'm here today to serve you for all the days I have left on this side of heaven. Now take me, mold me, and shape me into the person you want me to be. I come to you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you just prayed that prayer and you meant business, I believe you are born again and your name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We also have a little green booklet somewhere. She's got them right over here. Thank you, Cheryl. And a little white booklet today because we haven't got the little green ones yet because we need to get some more. That means we went through a bunch. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is the seven basics. Uh, 
by Pastor Beth Jones. That's right. Sorry. <laughs> now I'm showing my age when I get up here like this. You, I know none of you ever has a blank moment. Anyhow, Father, bless this body of believers. Lord, help us to fight the good fight, to come against these strongholds in Jesus' name. Lord, to get the victory over these things that control us. We love you today, Lord, and we want to be a testament to the power of God and what you're doing for us. We stand on you, Lord. Keep us safe in our coming and in our going. And bless these people as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for coming today. Look forward to seeing you hopefully next week.